0: The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today.
1: Holly, it's amazing to me because when we talk about film and movie, where they have come over the last number of years, they just keep getting better.
2: And for me, being female in radio, I love seeing the representation of women in this industry getting more and more and more. It's, inc- it's incredible. Women are doing some incredible things in the film industry.
1: So who better to talk film, to talk movies and everything else? But uh, Cindy Bond, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. I'm really doing great. I love what you just said. Being a, a lone survivor that's not alone anymore. There are many other women. It's so cool.
2: Oh, it's incredible just watching women being able to be in positions like what you are in with so many different films. So that's why I was so excited to be able to to speak with you today. Because often when a movie's coming out, people want to talk to the the faces of the movie, but there are so many elements to even get the movie into production, and you are a part of that. But we want to start with this one skill testing question:
1: Who are you, and where did you come from? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I would say okay, I'm from Northern California, specifically Sacramento. I am the core audience for Redeeming Love because in Sacramento, having been raised by my grandparents, it's kind of a little bit of where I grew up, the Midwest. That's who I am in, in a few seconds.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems when it comes to movies for those who are uh, producers, for those who are kind of behind the scenes, was movies always a thing that you wanted to do or was your heart set on something else?
0: Uh, I did mention I was a professional golfer, but here's the interesting thing. I was a huge movie buff from the time I was a little kid. I loved uh, musicals. I loved uh, movies that made me laugh, made me cry. I was, I just watched them all the time. So That's been a part of me since I was a little kid. Um, I didn't know I was going to be a producer until my 20s and because because I thought I was going to, uh, you know, have professional golf as a career. So, but that that didn't work out the way I wanted it
2: to, but it wasn't meant to be. I'm so curious, how does one go from golf to the film industry? (laughs) Like it just seems like a big (laughs) jump. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's a jump. Uh, Yeah. No. Well, interestingly enough, alongside golf, I was doing uh, modeling uh, with golf and I was also modeling in magazines and things like that. And in Europe and at the same time was also in acting class. And I was in acting class with some really terrific uh, modern day actors who back then were not famous, such as George Clooney and uh, Patrick Swayze and his wife were in class and many others. It was actually through, I was doing acting and golf at the same time, acting modeling golf at the same time, but it was through an acting uh, job in in, uh, theater uh, that the producer dropped out, and I became the producer last minute, and I found my passion in life, and I went, that's what I want to do.
1: Is there a big difference when it comes to doing uh, a a secular film and then doing a faith-based film?
0: I really haven't noticed a difference other than really, for me, I only will do a film based on my passion for a particular story. And that usually brings everybody together. I mean, the mechanics are the same. I strive for excellence, I always have. With Redeeming Love, I'm, I'm so proud of this movie, because it's, you know, it's just excellent across the board. The thing is that you don't have, I mean, I certainly have a number of stories from the past, uh, where there were def- definitely some struggles uh, sure. between secular and faith on a movie, the movie set actually. Um, so I would say, I mean, certainly I not want to say one's easier than the other. And in a lot of, some ways it is, if you're, there's a commonality of acceptance, not saying everybody's of this exact same faith, but it's just a, or, you know, the, the same faith at all. But th- there's an acceptance of the story and the movie and everybody gets
2: along. I mean, sure what was it about the story of redeeming love that made you feel like this was a project you want to be a part of and why now
0: redeeming love is a book that is 30 years old last year and i originally read this book maybe 15 to 20 years ago and it was it hit me to the core and i just you know, it, it it is literally my favorite book after the bible And so I've been a hardcore book fan and a hardcore Francine Rivers fan for years and years. And I, I really wanted to make the movie, but when I'd gone to see if the film rights for the book were available, it was tied up with uh, other producers and certainly wonderful producers. And, uh, and I thought, well, if they make the movie, I'll be the first one in the theater to see it. And, uh, but my dream was to be the producer of the movie. And lo and behold, through a series of events in 20, Fourteen and fifteen, I was able to get the rights to the, the book. I blocked arm in arm with Francine, and off we went on this journey
2: uh, to make the picture together. Were you at all starstruck? I'm kind of curious, because you got <laughs> to be in acting class with George Clooney, but now you get to be side-by-side side with an author of your yeah. favorite book.
0: I have to admit, very starstruck. Uh, <laughs> George, really really great guy, George. We did see him together. Nice guy. Um, but Francine... Uh, She's one of my my uh, my idols. I mean, I did not you know not worshiping. I worship God, but I'm just saying in terms of earthly, yeah. I mean, you know, she's just super like right at the very top. I mean, she's an iconic author, and the the most incredible thing about Francine and her work, uh, I mean, redeeming love, her statement of faith, uh, the first book she she wrote as a believer, uh, and you know you get to know her through her writing, but to know her as a person. I literally sit there and have to kick myself that I'm dreaming this whole time because she is just everything and more just so gracious, so kind, so collaborative, so giving, so smart. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm still living. I'm, I i have not woken up. To be honest. am <laughs> 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 walking here.
1: <laughs> has faith always been a big part of uh, your life growing up?
0: Yeah, it, it has. And What really drove me uh, to the production side of the industry was making that segue between actor to producer and uh, really eyeballing the the industry and um, recognizing that during the time when I was uh, in my 20s that Hollywood had really abandoned, for the most part, making movies that had a biblical worldview uh, that were that had morals and it really gone off for the most part, really gone off the deep end. There wasn't, I mean, there had been Christian films made here and there, but there wasn't an industry and that's really what did it. I felt that there was a massive, massively underserved audience of which I was a huge part that I was a core part of that wasn't, you know, uh, being paid attention to by Hollywood and that they, and so it was really that that drove me. That was, and really, a calling that uh, or a vision I had to see that there was a great need in the marketplace, and that's what did it for me.
2: Was there ever a point where you were just thinking, God, nope, um, this is going to be too much of an uphill battle? It's very male dominated, there's not a lot of faith films. I mean, because you really are a-, a trailblazer in this industry, not like regardless of gender. Yeah, no, there's my
0: why me. <laughs> 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 my why me? Why me? Because. I mean, I didn't even graduate college. I didn't go to film school. I grew up in Northern California. I didn't have anyone in my family in the industry. So I wish I could have had a little nepotism would have been nice. (laughs) Um, I was in i thought I was going on the golf tour that, you know, all these things. And, um, and then I, you know, one thing led to another because of uh, my desire to make films that resonated, you know, really that I like to see. And I felt, many others would as well, um, was the, I mean, that was what, uh, got me into, uh, a situation where, um, I met a big investor and I told him what I was uh, wanting to do. And he, um, he literally funded me in a company, a guy from Dallas. And so, um, once we got into this business, which was a company called Providence Entertainment. And so the why me moment came during those days because I was literally surrounded by all men everywhere I turned in every facet of the entire Christian film world at that point I I think I knew one other woman that was it so I remember that sitting at my desk at Providence and and um, I picked up the Omega Code uh, at script stage for the company to distribute which I was founder of and I did have that moment I said why me Lord there are so many other people First of all, as a woman, this is tough. And there's so many other more qualified people than me. And you know, I just I've always I have to say the me's happened a lot. I, I felt very led to be where I am. And so I I will put that up to God, but I I'm s i am I know that I know, um, based on the blessings and the doors he's opened for me and the the doors he's other doors he's closed for me, that I'm where I'm supposed to be
1: there's little things little nuances and movies that i that i have a lot of curiosity for this one being a time period type movie uh you're looking in the mid 1800s how difficult is it to have a film and then keep it to the time period that it is in
0: this movie was super difficult on so many levels because of uh you know anytime you're doing a period piece i mean you need you know wardrobe and then here we needed horses and wagons and uh, you know, a Western town, I mean, there's not as many, I mean, they're, they're out there, but the Western towns that I would have liked to have shot in were, uh, you know, committed for years. So they were unavailable. Mm. And we ended up going to South Africa after scouting Canada and the U.S. and went to South Africa, which afforded us the ability to make the, and DJ Caruso, what a, an incredible human being, an incredible director, and it afforded DJ to go in there and say, I love those mountains. I love this, you know, the POV right here, this angle with the mountains in the back. I want the town to, to be built right there, cleared ground to build the town of Paradise where he wanted it.
1: It's interesting that you say that, though, because my whole thing was, wow, there's a lot of picturesque backgrounds. And knowing that you filmed not even in the U.S. or Canada, you had to go uh, essentially to the other side of the world. Is it difficult filming on locations like that?
0: there are a lot of challenges. In some ways, uh, it was super easy to, when it came to the actual production, production services company, their advantage, and Flocky Gordon, who owns it, I mean, I'd known her from the past, and she's got a a great crew there that were absolutely fantastic, and that's once we were on the ground, but I have to say, crewing up, uh, you know, certainly had its challenges, and the casting process had its challenges as well. I mean, we had to apply for visas and, you know, coordinate travel and, and get everybody there and uh, the logistics, you know, with active schedules and all that. I mean, really intense. Uh, I think I have a few more gray hairs. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I definitely have a challenge with but it worked out. And you got some really big names on the film, like Eric Dane and Nina Dobrev. I mean, she's one of my favorites. She's a Canadian. Oh, yeah. um, so was yeah. that a, a wonderful surprise, just seeing the talent that was attracted to the story? Oh, yeah. It
0: was uh, an embarrassment of riches. And uh, DJ had done a movie with Nina before and Dear Friends. and But she did this because she loved the story. She loved mm-hmm. the script. And she was passionate about playing the role of May uh, and and um, and then with Abigail Cowan playing Angel and the role of Michael Hosea with Tom Lewis I mean we did a worldwide casting search for these actors it was a massive search well, Libby Burtz who plays uh, Young Angel, with Sarah I mean oh my gosh we saw so many kids I mean we must have gone we went through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, of, of um, girls to young girls to play her but, uh, yeah, the cast is just incredible. And, the, and, the, and they delivered, I mean, the performances they delivered, Logan Marshall Green, I mean, fantastic. Fomka Jansen. Uh, I mean, all, every single one of them. I mean, every single one of the actors, just a fantastic job. And, and wonderful people to work with as well.
1: We talk about how, you know, the difficulties sometimes for period pieces or the fact that the locations that you shoot at. But one of the things that I always hear, especially when it's a book, then go turn to movie, it's, oh, well, it's not as good as the book, or, oh, I like the movie more. Is there pressure to kind of keep up to what the book was and putting that to film? Well, of course. But I thought about
0: that before, uh, when I was getting the rights to the book when I was in negotiations. I was, first and foremost on my mind, because I'd met with Francine and team rivers. Uh, She has a wonderful group of people that work with her. And um, that was from day one. Uh, The pressure really didn't factor in for me because I already had a plan in place. And the plan Mm -hmm. was to walk arms with Francine to work side by side and journey together to make this movie, which is what she wanted. And, uh, and in that respect, um, it, like you said, it was just an amazing working uh, relationship in that she's the one that uh, delivered the... uh, She adapted her own book in the script and did a great job. And then I brought E.J. Caruso in to direct and and also co-write with Francine, and they got along so incredibly well, and uh, we went through the development process. But, you know, the pressure certainly is there because it's a long book, (laughs) over 460 pages. You originally... You know, you, you read it initially and say, wow, series. Well, certainly, I would love that. But I always had a vision for this to be on the big screen, a sweeping mm-hmm. epic, you know, just like Cold Mountain meets The Notebook. You know, kind of feeling now with the, you know, Yellowstone in 1883. Anybody that likes any of those shows and movies will love Redeeming Love. Um, but, uh, yeah, there, there's certainly pressure, but with Francine, fully engaged as co-writer, executive producer of the movie. Um, I mean, her and DJ worked in, and, you know, certainly we all worked together and my development team as well to make sure that we knitted together seamlessly the major plot points. Uh, and, you know, and, it, and, it, and we did it. We really did it. We did a very faithful adaptation of a book.
2: Was there any fear that this might be too racy for a faith-based audience? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I love this. this. This is a good topic. I'm ready for it. Um, of course. Um, it, it. Of course. I mean, this is a cutting edge film. There's never been a movie like this. Uh, it mm-hmm. took a lot of courage from uh, all of us, I think, to step out of our comfort zone. But Francine did that originally with her book. She did mm-hmm. that. She was the one that stepped out originally. Mm-hmm. When she published, when Redeeming Love was first published, the Christian publishers didn't even want to touch it. So I mean, you know, because it was edgy, but you know what? It's authentic. It's real. We need to be having these conversations because they're they haven't been had, and there. This this uh, movie touches on so many critically important subjects. And first of all, it's a romance. It's God's love letter to the world. His story of the unconditional love and forgiveness he has for each one of us. But it's also a movie that is showing a, the you know depicts what's going on in the world today the second biggest business there is with trafficking and abuse of mm. women and, and men and um and out of this actually i'll just mention this because you know it's coming up but uh, holly caruso dj's wife who's responsible for dj uh wanting to do uh, direct the movie god bless her she's been a warrior amazing uh, but Holly came up with the idea to start up a foundation uh, to take redeeming love, uh, you know, onward. And you, you know, have have redeeming love sanctuary foundation a not for profit, terrible organization continue the work of actually angel in the movie where, when she goes to the house of Magdalena to help women who've been trafficked or been in prostitution, survivors of, of that life. And so we've, uh, Holly, myself, Francine, uh, and some other, um, uh, a couple other people have come together. The board of trustees and we've already given out grants to some survivors, and that's the legacy. That is the true legacy of redeeming Watch.
2: That's incredible that you could take a a book that was written thirty years ago, um, release it in a time where the story is still so, um, just more now than ever, so important to hear. And then to continue from film to putting, you know, the saying your money where your mouth is not just talking about God's redeeming love, but being able to be conduit for helping, uh, you know, survivors of human trafficking have a, a better life. So I mean, was that part of the plan from yeah, day one yeah. or did it just naturally morph into this? No,
0: it, it naturally morphed and it came through Holly Caruso. And, and she just, I feel certain. I mean, that was, like God's will for her, uh, aside from getting I mean she had read the book originally and told DJ, DJ, you gotta read this book. You gotta write it. you to make this movie. Or I mean, that's how it started. And DJ DJ and I had gone back ten years before that because we had almost made another movie together. Uh, with through a mutual friend. So I mean it was just a I mean, I mean what's the saying? Coincidence is God's will. staying anonymous sometimes. So it's just <laughs> how uh, we all came together was great.
1: There may be some who have seen it, uh, others who have it on their list of, you know, I got to get to watch this film. What do you hope that the response will be?
0: That this movie is, again, he, so it, it, first of all, it's incredibly compelling and emotional and entertaining, certainly because the movie does need to be entertaining. Um, and it is. And, and to experience it, you won't even think about the outside world, total escape. It, you're just immersed in this world Um, authentically, but tastefully, um, uh, you know, portrayed and and the way we've made it um, and delivered it. Uh, And that anyone that's seeing this movie that is dealing with anything from their past, this is a movie that, um, and one of our our taglines is there is no brokenness, love, As I say, God's love can't heal. So this, this movie, you know, if you're going in there and you've been in the, in the chains of, of bondage in some crazy ways, things either you've done to yourself in your life, bad choices you've made, or been a victim, complete victim of somebody else uh, that's done things to you, God's bigger than all of that. And this movie will free you from all of that. I mean, it's such a, it's just, it, 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 it's just like being baptized this is the way. I, in fact, we have a scene. In the river, uh, a, a creek, where she's, and that's in the book, where she Angel is, you know, she she's trying to clean the shame off of her her skin, and the and the truth is, it needs to be cleansed from the inside to the outside. She's trying to go outside in, but she then later learns it needs to come from the inside out through God cleansing her from the inside out. So there's a there are a lot of takeaways, but I, but I do believe that that anyone that sees this movie. Will their spirits will be greatly lifted? It's liquid hope.
2: I know um, this is your your current film that people are talking about, and but I, just hearing you talking about it, it feels like this is for you that that masterpiece that that one that you're like, yes, I've created this. So where do you go from <laughs> here, though? <laughs> well, I I have to say, I I had a, a God epiphany in 2009
0: to, uh, start, I can only imagine it was me and God, <laughs> It was just mm-hmm. an amazing story and how that happened. And then, you know, it was 2018 when, uh, I, you know, I produced the movie and the Irwin brothers did such an amazing job. And Kevin Downs was, uh, my producing partner as well. And anyway, and I thought, wow, how can it get better than I can only imagine, but I was working on redeeming love at the time, but I didn't have it. I didn't have it funded. Right. So, I mean, as a producer, you have a lot of projects that you're developing and you, you know, you, you, you know, you hope and pray that they'll get done. But, you know, you you don't know for sure until you have the money in the bank and you're actually making the picture. So, but I was sitting there in 18. I thought, well, I don't know if it gets any better than this. And then Redeeming Wolf got funded. I went, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This, This is Oh my gosh. I mean my heart. I mean my heart and soul are in this movie. Oh my gosh. It's just, I I mean, not to sound like a mush, but because I kinda am a mush, but <laughs> but honestly, I literally get tear <laughs> I get teary-eyed every time I watch my own movie. It's crazy. I do. Yeah. I, I I see something different in it every single time. And it, it just gets it it's like I feel God touching me every time I see it. Just in the depths of my heart and soul. It's, it's so wonderful. Um, where, where I'm going from here? Well, God only knows that. I do have um, an incredible movie that I'm working on, though, with uh, Viola Davis. I haven't announced it yet um, because we're in the development stage, but it is an absolutely phenomenal movie based on another true... Well, this one's well, I can, Redeeming is, is inspired by the story of Gomer and Hosea uh, Imagine. I can only imagine was based on a true story. Um, the love ladies is based on a true story. And so mm. when the time comes, and we're ready to announce that we can love to talk to you guys about that.
2: That'd be incredible. You had me at, Viola Davis. Have me at <laughs> Viola Davis. You had me at Viola Davis.
0: <laughs> oh uh, yes. We're, we're in a, we're in a, uh, Viola has a production company called Juvi, and her husband, Julius Tennant. And uh, he runs the company um, and Rob Williams. Uh, and so we've been working with Rob and Julius and, and Juvie, Viola's company, and, um, uh, you know, it's, we're, we're in development, and, uh, I just love working with them, and it's a phenomenal. I mean, they couldn't be, uh, Julius and Vi- Viola and Rob could not be any more passionate about this project, and I am as well. So it's, that'll be a great follow up to Redeeming Love
1: redeeminglovemovie.com. Check your local theaters for showtimes. Uh, Cindy, we appreciate you taking some time and uh, sharing your heart.
0: Well, thank you for allowing me the opportunity this, uh, this time together. I mean, I, I hope and pray it's a blessing to everyone that hears it, but I have to say personally, it was a great blessing for me to be able to share. Oh, and get, I want everybody to shout out, get to the theaters. We are so blessed by Universal. We are exclusively in theaters only for three weeks and it's really important to get in to the theaters this weekend because that really tells Hollywood the kind of movies that you know it's like casting a vote at the ballot box saying we want Mm. more of these kind of movies so you know get out and and also the experience in the theater is going to be second to none uh, as it would be on the smaller screen I mean it's going to
2: be great on
0: the smaller screen but on the big screen it plays amazing
2: I can't wait the trailer made me cry so I'm bringing a box of (laughs) Kleenexes (laughs)
0: Yeah, you'll you'll need that. I, I won't say you won't. But happy tears, you have happy tears.
1: Well, Holly, that was. Uh, I mean, every time we talk to somebody who's involved with film and theater, you just don't know what to expect, and uh, she's just fantastic.
2: I know. I am so excited we got a chance to speak with her. Uh, like I'd said when we were talking, we always see the the big faces, as in like the big stars and uh, the big names, but it's these the names that you don't always recognize. And I'm just like so excited to have been able to speak with her and hear her story to think she almost was a golfer. (laughs) (laughs) But God had more. God had more for her life. And I know so many people's lives are going to be changed after watching Redeeming Love.
1: Well, you look at something like I can only imagine to then something like Redeeming Love. like when it comes to somebody involved in films, you can just have a plethora of different types of movies. And it just goes to show that, you know, she is able to do anything.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm looking forward to things that are coming up next on her, her list of movies to produce and be a part of.
1: All right. Uh, don't forget. You could always download on places like Apple podcasts, Spotify. You can go to Edify. You can uh, carry your pigeon. I don't know if that's going to help or <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> not. And we're also on, like, all the socials, too. The Twitter, the Instagram. Mm-hmm. You should check out Holly's tikka uh, oh. Jump on my MSN and ICQ. Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <sighs> <laughs> and, of course, you can go to faithstrongtoday.com. <laughs>